0: Welcome back to garlic marketing show. I'm garlic here. And today we're going to talk Google analytics. We're going to talk about KPIs for content. We're going to get a little dirty here, but it's, it's important stuff. If you're spending time and money on your internet marketing, you need to know some of this stuff. I've got uh, Tyler Lane from session interactive joining us today. Tyler, thanks for being on the show. Thanks Danny. appreciate it, man. And uh, don't forget, this is brought to you by story.com. One of the best ways to create amazing content is through video case stories. Learn how to collect, craft, and deliver your customer stories at story.com. All right, Tyler, so, you know, we're going to talk today about analytics. I think it's one of those things that's really, really important that a lot of people don't do right, and then how to discover KPIs for content, key performance indicators, because I think that's critical because... Everyone just tells you just to make more content, don't they?
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and you had a client too, that had got, you got 1500 pages of one of their websites.
1: Yeah. And so we will do this, um, structured engagement. It's not a new deliverable necessarily to the SEO community or content marketing community, but it's a, it's a structured content assessment, right? So what it essentially does is crawls the website. And then if we hook it up to a, a variety of APIs to identify Google Analytics, Google Search Console, other uh, word count, character, all sorts of d- different things. We get, we get pretty nerdy with it. It's an incredibly robust spreadsheet. And essentially, we start creating rules to identify opportunities at the page level. So a particular website will have 5,000 pages, let's say, or a smaller website, right, a few hundred. Regardless, this is a really impactful opportunity to identify opportunities within the site around content gaps or issues within the site um, or different things like that. So we, at the URL level, we're providing action, action such as pruning or regenerating or optimizing the individual page. And that really sets, sets that site up for success over the long-term. Um, it's an awesome deliverable.
0: And what have you found are some of the most common errors that you see in people's content?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's the, the, the performance benchmarks or the rules that we set up essentially are obviously geared around SEO specifically, but it, let's be honest, it's about user user, positive user experience. We're not, we're uh, user first search, search second, essentially. And the two are getting closer and closer as, as the years progress here, some of the most common errors I'd say are around um, just missing the foundational items around basic keyword research. I think this is a, a theme that comes up all the time, is you're writing a piece of content that you think is really valuable, but you haven't done your due diligence on vetting if the keyword is even something that people are aligning with um, or it has any search volume. I'm not gonna f- obsess around search volume or those other tool, um, keyword difficulty or things like that. It's all about contextually valuable to the audience. And oftentimes we'll go in and evaluate and the, the content's just completely off basis or off mark or it's way too technical or something like that. So never going to appeal to um, the broader audience. For example, those are some of the themes.
0: And we say, you know, how do you determine?
1: Well, first of all, why is it important
0: that you focus on one audience and just not traffic?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, again, what happens a lot of the times is those um, individuals or uh, client teams are are focused on those vanity metrics. And that goes with, uh, with traffic or uh, what's my bounce rate? What's an average bounce rate for my industry, which is just some things that we, it's, it's, you know, it's those fickle metrics. And we say, we always kind of realign expectations around, Hey, ultimately, if we're getting more conversions for you and less traffic, what's, what's going to be the, where are you going to go? Um, and where are you going to be most interested in? So that's really what we're focusing in on is those, um, realigning those expectations and identifying, okay quality over quantity cliche statement but that's really what we're focusing on in on to ensure we're mapping to those audience research stages and that we're not just focusing all conversion content we're focusing supporting consideration content and supporting awareness content as well
0: and um you know when you're looking at those audience stages obviously you're gonna have to have key performance indicators kpis like we talked about at the beginning so how are you determining that as you go into these companies that have 4000 5000 have tons of traffic, have tons of things going on. How are you doing that?
1: You know, it's a, we we kind of break it out into two main categories, macro and micro goals, right? So macro goals, right, are the form completions, the or do you, if you're you're getting um personal personal information from an individual, the micro goals are right a PDF download, a video play, a scroll um you know, above average time on that individual page. So those are kind of the preliminary breakdowns. And then we establish benchmarks of that, and then say, okay, based on really what really, we think we can, um, we think we can map to these individual KPIs. Um, and we kind of we, we structure the, uh, the strategy around that.
0: And so do those KPIs vary differently? Are there ones that you feel like people should have, like companies should have every company should have these KPIs that most of them don't? Or is it a big range of them?
1: I think, I think it's a, it's, it's a range to a certain extent, you know, we work with a lot of B2B. Um, I, I think we're fairly agnostic. Actually, we work in healthcare and education as well, but ultimately it's for education. They're looking for applicants, right? For healthcare, they're looking for signups or individuals to come into the brick and board locations. Um, for B2B, they're looking for lead generation forms to be completed or a, a demo to be booked. Right? So those macro goals are not going to change generally. But the, I think we want to evolve the thought process around the micro goals to give them understanding of, um, how different individuals react and engage with the site. And ultimately if we can get them to opt into something, um, that's a, a newsletter, a blog or something like that, that builds their CRM. And then, then we can talk, talk to them about, you know, some, some quality lead generation or lead nurturing campaigns rather. So I'd say they vary, but for the most part, there's some, there's some consistencies.
0: Gotcha. And, you know, what are some of the KPIs that might be out of the box that you've, you've been thinking of
1: out of the box, you know, we're always stressing for for analytics, specifically, we're always stressing the, the integration that obviously benefits to every single channel out there, right? Um, And we're, we're, we're stressing usability. A lot of the way a lot of the times we do do conversion rate optimization, we do do um, various aspects of improving websites on a continuous basis that are have direct that direct t- tie to any post click from a paid search ad to organic uh, results. And so I think evolving those um, those usability tracking signals um, around particular button clicks or scrolls and things like that are really important to get people get the client excited about. But the, the goal is not to tag everything in a website. Right. It's to it's to fine tune what's really impactful. So we can create actual uh, ongoing optimizations within. So I think more of the usability tracking component is something that we think is, is far more compelling. It's not just putting heat mapping on your software or your, on your website, rather it's actually evolving. Like here are the specific events we want to track. And we think ultimately these will lead to a a conversion or a better user experience.
0: First of all, how did you discover you need to get rid of like 1500 pages of content and then why would you get rid of 1500 pages of content? I thought all content is good.
1: Hey, yeah, it's all good, right? No, <laughs> just keep, just keep generating more regardless of what it is. No, it's uh, oftentimes, and it, I'm not the first one to say this by any means, but I, we, we talk to our clients and I'm like, uh, in a lot of ways we're like, stop, think, stop, think about this. Stop generating that new content. Just stop. You've got a ridiculous amount of content that's already indexing. It's already ranking for keywords. It's already acquiring backlinks, generating impressions and clicks. Let's stop that let's let's not focus on net new let's focus on content regeneration as a component as a core opportunity to to focus on um, updating current content to make sure it it, it uh, continues to provide value i think we we just always um, every client we've dealt with is always about improving more and more content new content but in actuality um, their biggest opportunity is to is to do content regeneration
0: and how are you, you know, and, and content regeneration, what does that look like? What? Is, you know, how does that work?
1: Yeah, we, so we, we, there's three main buckets, right? Um, and it's, it's net new, creating net new content, it's content optimization and content regeneration. So essentially for content regeneration, where we've identified the, the easiest way to go through this is as we go through a content assessment, Ian, and we identif- identify, uh, this was posted. It's, you know, 2021. Now this was posted in 2018. It's like, come on. All right, let's let's reevaluate and see if this needs to be improved. That's that is not a like just because the dates updated or the not updated doesn't mean we always need to go that route. But essentially, we're conducting ongoing and expanded keyword research to essentially say, how are we competing in the space currently? Are we answering and positioning and answering the topical questions? within this piece of content. And if we are, great, can it, things can be expanded upon. So we'll conduct added research to see what's in the competition, see what's out there in the landscape to see how we can improve this piece of content. Ultimately, it will be, we wanna improve, but we also wanna conserve and, or preserve rather the current rankings. And then content optimization is just light, like maybe said so the basic metadata is not updated or internal linking signals are not fully flushed out. So those would be some more of the basics. And of course, net new, we've identified a gap that needs to be filled. This audience stage is not completed. It's never necessarily completed, but we think this is a glaring opportunity. Let's create new content there. So that's how we kind of define that overall.
0: And as you do this, how do you determine like a timeline for what your success is and when you should be, you know, looking at those KPIs and how often should you be adjusting your strategy based on these new KPIs?
1: Yeah, I think um, we're... We are the output of the content assessment. I'll put it this way: is always outlined within a priority breakdown. So we want to make sure that clients aren't overwhelmed with the amount to do. I think ninety-five percent of our content assessments outline a some specific action at, at every single URL. There, the 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 amount, the percentage is incredibly low when we say keep as is in terms of that individual piece of content. So. Really um, how we align is make sure that there's a priority set and it's digestible for the content to, or the, the, the content, internal to content team and the copywriters that we're working with. So it's not overwhelming. And then we can kind of space it out over a six to 12 month engagement and make sure we're we're, we're having logical wins over overall and we're meeting those individual KPIs, um, whether it's um, at, at a specific post or if it's global across the entirety of a, a subfolder or the the domain as a whole.
0: And you mentioned like working with teams, You were we were talking about before, and you work with a lot of teams and, you know, I, I think it's super valuable to have someone outside look at this stuff. But, you know, is, do you get a lot of pushback from companies that say, well, I've got this whole team, why should I need someone else outside of there? And how do you handle that?
1: We do, yeah, we... We, we get that a lot, and we and we really prioritize and, and pride ourselves in in educa- educating our clients. I'd say that's the majority of our job honestly, and we'll come in and we want to essentially be a third party resource where you can work, collaborate, and ideate with, but also we we at a, a session uh, we pride pride ourselves in in teaching and going through structured training courses, and whether that's analytics, whether that's as content marketing or SEO specific we'll outline what we think the gaps are and oftentimes you know clients will say this is great we've adopted your new process and through your training and we're able to execute we're super excited and we'll say great you know come back to us um if you ever need help again or there's there's clients that will go through that and want us as a sounding board in a continuous basis so we can focus more on some of the technical aspects of seo still maintain the content process but also be a kind of an ad hoc resource for for ongoing uh, content or SEO management. And then we have clients, right? That just, that want everything in, in ongoing management. So that's kind of how we kind of, we work it and, and maintain those relationships.
0: And so, you know, once you've evaluated the content, you do this content assessment, you know, obviously you're using, you're setting up dashboards and you're using things like Google analytics. And, um, you know, w- when you go in and start setting up Google analytics the right way, What are some of the key factors to to getting that done and setting up Google Analytics properly and being able to monitor it properly?
1: You know, I've I've worked in agencies for a long time and then until I started Session Interactive and all of my agency experience and every client engagement, the clients really never thought of analytics, to to a certain extent, never thought as as an individual channel or something that they had to focus in on. They were just fixated on getting the tracking up and running. But what we found is that conducting uh, robust and, and in certain cases, fairly simple analytics assessments outlines so many other opportunities for that client to improve. If we're managing SEO or, or paid search, and there's, they're obviously running other channels, there's are typically about nine different channels that are recording within analytics. Um, this content or this analytics assessment rather is gonna outline, okay, we understand the specific goals that the client wants to adhere to. We're gonna go in look at um, opportunities to improve the data and therefore improving our optimization opportunities um, not just for the 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 channels that we're managing but also for the channels that other agencies are managing or other in-house teams are managing and then from there it's just like they can they can just grasp a a better sense of accuracy across everything and um, that really stems from too it's like we're not going to start a campaign ever unless we're close to that hundred percent. It's never necessarily perfect, but close to that hundred percent of data cleanliness. So we can make sure we're reporting as much accurate and transparent information to a client as possible.
0: And you know, we, we talked about KPIs, right. And we talked about metrics and looking at Google analytics. What are some of the KPIs that you find people concentrate on that are wrong or possibly hurting themselves? You know, when we look at in Google analytics, what should people not, are companies not be looking at Google analytics?
1: You know, Google Analytics is going through a transformation. It's it's currently on Google Analytics three. They're they're really pushing hard to try to get everyone on Google Analytics four. And I'll be honest, I think the rollout formally to Google Analytics four is going to take some time, like a couple of years, if not more. And a lot of the KPIs and and metrics, dimensions, et cetera, are changing within GA four. But let's let's focus on GA three because that's where we do primarily a lot of our work. I think. Some of those irrelevant metrics are, are definitely some of the behavioral metrics broken out in GA. It's broken, typically, it's acquisition, behavioral, and conversion. And those behavioral metrics are, are you know, bounce rate, which, which we mentioned to a certain extent, is something that everyone obsesses over. Um, and it, in actuality, doesn't mean as nearly as much. We like other types of metrics that are more important, like exit rate. So a bounce rate is an individual going to a page and then leaving from that individual page. The exit rate is that individual going to multiple pages, and then ultimately, ultimately what's that page it leaves from, they leave from. So the exit rate is a better determining factor in terms of what needs to be optimized and how. I think also people are looking at, um, the most popular report in Google Analytics is the channel report, default channel grouping. There's two things wrong with that channel report. One is that it's default settings within Google Analytics. Every single um, client that we work with needs custom channels. Um, needs custom, uh, go, th- go through a custom channel grouping assessment and implementation. We we pride ourselves in doing that. The second component is last click attribution. So when I'm looking in there, hey, email hasn't done much for me lately. But then we look in another port like assisted conversions or other reports and we see the actual relationship that email is having with other channels, such as paid social, such as organic. And it's leading towards first interactions, but it's not necessarily leading to the ultimate conversion However, it's still playing a really important role in the conversion process. So I think that, but people get so obsessed with that channel report. Hey, I, I'm there. Uh, that last last click is, is super compelling, but in actuality, really should look at that and then also look at the report called the assistive conversion or top conversion path report within Google Analytics to see a better picture.
0: And you know, we're looking at all this, and you're you, like you were talking about like not looking at the right reports. But also like you get into a, a large, you know, you if you're doing large deals, a lot of those, that lead gen is all over the place. Like, like, and, but these people are still absorbing your contents, but they're, they're not going through a quote unquote funnel. How, hey, how do you measure those types of things?
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's so when we're dealing with B2B or other, um, health, you know, education is a little bit different. They have got their funnel to a certain extent, depending on who, you're, who we're working with. But B2B, oftentimes the, the funnel is a little bit new, more nuanced or simplified. Honestly, it's booking a dem- demo or it's downloading a white paper or opting into ser- certain things like that. So I think it's what we want to do is kind of set up the site to be an overarching funnel. Right. We're we're mapping against those individual gaps. So awareness, let's simplify, right? Awareness, consideration, decision, and we're identifying essentially mapping the content to each stage. And that's kind of our overarching funnel, right? Think about it from a keyword perspective when I'm, I don't know why I use this sometimes, but we were, we're looking for a dog right now and we're not going to type in the word dog, right? Uh, Right. It's incredibly high awareness stage, right? And we're, we're kind of already know to a certain extent. and, And I think it's, it's the same thing with B2B and some of these other industries you work with as well. They're a bit more savvy, right? So they're understanding more into that consideration phase. Maybe they've gotten a little bit more specific. So they perhaps maybe they understand going back to that dog, um, that dog example, but getting into the type of breed and then getting in ultimately the location that they're looking to purchase the dog in perhaps. Um, And then more so to the decision phase is getting into uh, specifics about what the dog does and how to take care of that individual breed and things like that. So that's the same type of concept that we use as people conducting their ultimate research phase, their individual phases. And how can we map content against it? It's not a groundbreaking process, but it's proven and it works. So we set the whole site up for a funnel component over, over the lifetime of a, of a client. And, um, we work out those individual KPIs at the, each individual funnel stage.
0: Nice. And and it's a little bit of work there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> significant amount of work. Yeah, that's the buy-in. I mean, the buy-in from the client, I think, you know, you and I are chatting before. It's ultimately, we're always transparent with the client and say, hey, this is a lot of work on both ends. And there are certain things that we can own and take on, but ultimately, this it, is going to be, won't be fruitful unless we get um, ultimate collaboration from you guys and really commit to the to the plan. And when we get clients commit, we, we start seeing the results and it's impressive. Uh, it really is.
0: And what kind of results have you gotten? I mean, you don't have to give specific names, but yeah, like, yeah, you
1: know. right. I always laugh at some of those, uh, those case studies and things like that. Cause there's like no context, right? You know, yeah. Like, we, we did 10 X of this. And it's like, really? Like, what was the baseline zero?
0: You know? Yeah, we got, no, but, we 10 X their clients over two years. <laughs> yeah,
1: but <exactly. laughs> just started the company last two years. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's specific to the individual clients. We have different wins, right? For different things, obviously, right? For analytics, working with a large university, um, really powerful university here in Colorado, and they didn't have application tracking configured correctly. So that's a huge opportunity. So we got it in and started understanding how it was working and and what channels were really, and what landing pages and what groups of pages were ultimately contributing to application success. So that was a huge win for us, a huge win for the client right away. And then we talk about SEO. obviously, everyone f- fixates on uh, individual keyword rankings and things like that. Ours, ours is ultimately associated with uh, organic revenue and how organic plays um, into the, the foundation of the website and how it plays into um, working with other channels successfully. So we're always trying to measure ourselves around lead generation, improving conversion rates imp- improving the amount of conversions coming in rather than traffic related metrics, things like that. So. Um, I could get into specifics, but again, they wouldn't necessarily have the, the best context.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And you know, when you're looking at this and obviously we're, we're looking at all, we're probably mainly talking about written content, but obviously video content to us is huge. You know, how are you tracking video content? Are you using specific video players and integrating it and especially video content existing outside of the website?
1: Love that. You know, for video content and podcasts as a whole, what we're doing a lot, a lot with clients Ian is, First, we're we're incorporating, obviously, into the content structure and we're identifying at the topic level. Right. We're doing our due diligence, keyword research, topic validation and going through. And it's like it's not just a blog. Right. It's going to be, you know, content diversity. It's a video. It's a podcast. we you know, we think we can be competitive here as Google starts indexing more and more. Obviously, Google can't it's it's it can't crawl videos. Right. They're starting to add captions and more and more. But what we're doing is is creating um inf- influencing custom content outlines to insert within a video scripts and um so allowing a podcast host such as yourself to answer those or to position those questions and then have an expert um to answer those questions then essentially right i you know every a lot of people are doing this more people aren't doing this honestly is just it's transcribing that content into html format and then Diversifying the hell out of that piece of content, you know, whether it's an infographic, whether it's video shorts that we can or share shareable on social, a long form um, interview or things like that, where an expert's being inter- interviewed by a great host, it can be, it can be incredibly beneficial and, and be worked out in so many different ways. So for tracking, right, to actually answer your question, uh, tracking, there's um, different native components within Google Tag Manager that we'll use for core tile viewing. So you know, 0%, 25%, 50%, 75% of the video. There's also different opportunities to track different button clicks and things like that. YouTube analytics is, is completely um, underutilized in my opinion. So there's, there's great opportunities there. And I, I mean, if YouTube was a search engine, it would be second to Google, right? So um, yeah. it's pretty impressive overall.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I consider YouTube a search engine. I think a lot of people are going there for answers. Uh, I mean, I know- The how-to go-
1: stuff on YouTube is absurd
0: oh yeah i mean i spent yeah. the whole weekend learning how to use and build my smoker <laughs> nice. use my smoker which smoker oh. to use and then oh, yeah. you know awesome. how
1: how to get smoke smell out of my house <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean that's your they're totally research stage and that it's amazing to me still these, these companies like that too that just don't have specific videos my my cfo sent me a gift here it's a the the brewmate koozie or the uh not koozie what, what do you call these um, little Yeti competitor thing like that. And I was just like looking at, you know, it got geeked out on different videos and different comparisons and, and uh, te- uh, how cold tests and things like that. But it's just amazing. Like why wouldn't you just create every video? And, and that's what we, we've really been incorporating with our, our clients too, to take their FAQ sections of their website and really become more of a hub of resources rather than just, have um, basic HTML overviews. Why can't we have just video shorts to personalize that and make sure we have really good customer service overall?
0: I, I think that's a huge, huge opportunity. I mean, FAQs, video FAQs, uh, yeah. And and so you mentioned YouTube. How are you playing that? Those YouTube analytics into this strategy? I mean, because I I consider YouTube, you know, it, it's yes, it is a, a, a traffic source, but also it's just it can be
1: a traffic destination too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think ultimately we're trying to get individuals engaging in those platforms, but ultimately, right. We want them to come to the site to, to opt in. Yes. A a subscribe would be great on the individual channel, but I'd say for more, more so for our clients is to get them back to the website to do a particular action. However, you know that data that 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 individual search index within YouTube is just has a plethora of information to go off of, and I think when we use long form content, um, if if it's required, we add in video and we we play on both search indexes. We've got Google specific and we've got YouTube, so we're able to to drive traffic and in, in, in multiple uh, search indexes right away. Excuse me, and that really is just incredibly powerful. I mean, I'm. I'm I, I will say, Ian, it's 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 been difficult for when they when cl- certain clients think video, they think this in- enormous production, and I kind of want them overall to dumb it down a little bit and simplify it, because it doesn't have to be. I mean, yes, trust me, there there's high end quality uh, agencies that are doing amazing things with video, but ultimately, it doesn't need to be like that. That's why I love Loom so much. Their CEO and is crushing it and just making quick video snippets and and really super compelling things. And it's just, you know, he's in his home office. He's, he's not nothing, nothing crazy there. Right. No, no crazy production.
0: If you have good content, it it will work. And and let's understand what content to create too.
1: I think that that holds people back. Well, I love, I love that. I'll talk, I mean, just the, the keyword research component and, and creating validation around a particular concept. I'm not saying that always dictates how we go off of. Right. But we, We always wanna support anything we recommend with some aspect of data and some qualification, but we're not gonna say, oh, it doesn't have search volume. Let's not go after it. Essentially, if it's contextually valuable or um, some sort of benefit to the company in the term, we'll create, that'll create their own search volume overall and they'll create their own niche. Um, But there does need to be some due diligence and evaluation before we'll go off and target some random topic, right? We wanna do some due diligence.
0: Yes, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah um, it, it's an art, it's an art, <laughs> uh, awesome. So tell tell me a little bit. So we'll link to session interactive. Uh, tell me about who you work with and how to work with you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, we work with mid market enterprise level companies, uh, take a look at our, our work page and we'll definitely recognize a variety of logos there. And, uh, we, we prioritize, um, a variety of, of verticals, but primarily B two B healthcare, education, are our top three, and we do have a, a focus in financial services as well. Um, how do I get a hold of me? You know, I'm I'm on Twitter quite actively within the uh, the local the local and expanded SEO community and content marketing community, analytics community for that matter. So we're trying to keep active there. And uh, LinkedIn, obviously, is a great opportunity to to reach out and, and um, have a conversation. Always always willing to talk to and, and want to expand our network.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So we'll put links to all that in the show notes. You know, if, if you all are looking for uh, a, a stellar analytics and content company to support your team, definitely check out Session Interactive and make sure to uh, follow Tyler over on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, Tyler, what's your... Um, you know, we didn't get into it, but uh, this season we're talking about marketing stories. Um, do you have a marketing story, like crazy marketing story or something outside of, you know, outside of session or even in session or, you know, back in your uh, working at other agencies that you can tell us? Crazy
1: marketing story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think probably more horror stories. Working oh, the, uh, horror
0: stories are great. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a
1: horror story. I would love horror stories. It's um, Christmas time. Yeah, it's Christmas time, <laughs> right? You're putting me on the spot here. Um, I'm trying to think of what would be a good one, honestly. Um, I can tell you one kind of just a career story of mine. Um, I think that's kind of uh, something that I've always, always used as motivating me. Is um, I left? I, I worked at client side for a number of years when I first started my career, large company, IBM, and then uh, moved to Colorado. I started working at a health and wellness company, after that, I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I get I'm super excited about these marketing agencies. They're popping up everywhere. It's not a new thing, right? But digital marketing was not still in its infancy, as infancy, probably you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago. Um, and so I started at, at a marketing agency. Uh, and then let's just say, you know, um, I, learning everything in terms of okay, how things are upsold and different things like that. I could just kind of see through all of these different um, items that these individual agencies were presenting. I I was very fortunate to work with different agencies in the space, but let's just say I was, um, I was uh, let go from, from three different agencies. Um, It was never a firing, right? Get out of here kind of thing. But it was, it was a good nice chip on my shoulder kind of thing of of keeping me motivated and saying like, what's, what's going on here. And ultimately allowed me to start session. And now we're, we're about 20, 20 individuals strong and I have great relationships with those other agencies still, but it ultimately, it was just the motivating factor for me to continue on and say, um, I can do this a different way um, and and provide and, and get even better results that we were seeing. And I think we're, we were kind of the anti-agency when we started. Uh, I kept calling myself consultancy and then ultimately, you know, we're, we're essentially an agency. So that's not like a horror story necessarily, but it's uh, it's an indicator of like okay we we're, weren't seeing uh, eye to eye i think we can do this a little differently and perhaps a little bit better and focus in on on our individual niches and, and knock it out of the park
0: love it i mean that's that's how most great businesses are started i can do it better and and they go do it
1: yeah i was yeah it was a, it's a, it's been a great ride i've been really lucky and I think I'm just—I'll just like a shout out to all my referral partners and individuals that got me started. Because I still—we'll still work with. Yeah, we pride ourselves in working with direct clients, but we also still collaborate with some awesome agencies um, who white label our services or uh, introduce us as partners. And we we love them, and we learn from them. They learn from us, and um, we're, we're we're growing, and we're we're super excited to keep it keep it going here in 2022. Love it. Love it. Well,
0: thank you so much for being on the garlic marketing show. Yeah, I appreciate it, Ian. Thanks so much. And thank you so much for watching the garlic marketing show or listening to it wherever you are. Uh thanks for taking Tyler and I on your journey. That's been I and Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it'll make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads. Better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycrews.com/garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of The Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today.
1: That's it for The Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow I and Garlic on Facebook.